Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week 9, day 4 of our study of 2 Corinthians. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2 Corinthians 11, 21-29. Well, welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you. Jesus, the living word. Come alive in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. I'll be reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 21. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about. So this is Paul. We're starting with the verse we ended with last time. Paul is setting this up tongue-in-cheek. He's being sarcastic. There's these people who have the quote-unquote super apostles. They've come in and they've told the Corinthians, hey, we're powerful and smart and wealthy and God approves of us. Listen to us, not anybody else. And then, of course, it's always, and make sure you pay us and buy our course and buy our mentorship program and all this other stuff, right? And uh, and so that's what Paul is, is getting at. So Paul said, so, hey, I'm going to boast too. I'm going to go ahead and boast. It's like, this is a stupid thing to do, but I'm going to do it. And, and again, this is all coming to a point. Verse 22, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. It's all essentially saying the same thing. Uh, Verse 23, are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more, right? So, so this is again, Paul saying, this is crazy. What I'm doing here is crazy. And by extension, he's saying what you have allowed these guys to do is crazy. The fact that you're listening to these guys, the fact that you're letting them do this is crazy. He's like, I'm out of my mind. You're out of your mind. This is all nuts. Continuing on verse 23, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. Let's pause right there. That's a mouthful. So what Paul is beginning with here, right? It looked like I'm going to brag about how awesome a guy I am. I'm a Jew. Right? They say they're Hebrews, they're Jews, they're sons of, of Abraham. So am I. So am I. They say that, you know, they've done all of this stuff for you. Well, let me tell you something. I've worked harder than anybody else I know. I've been shipwrecked. I've been in danger here. I've been I've done all this. Right. And and the interesting thing is, you know, he says he's received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Uh, this is a I guess a common understanding that that uh, the idea was that if you give someone 40 lashes, it's going to kill them. So we need to give them 39. 
uh, I think obviously, and, and that's with a whip, right? You're getting whipped across the back 39 times. There, there's, I, I doubt that if you hit someone 40 times, you know, 39 times they're going to live and 40 times they're going to die. I'm sure there was probably at some point, some kind of really heinous undertaking to figure out just how many times can we lash somebody before they die? And maybe they came to the conclusion that 40 is the maybe somewhere in the average or even the weakest person that if we, if we lash the weakest person 40 times, they're going to die. Obviously, you know, if you've got a very weak person that you lash 40 times and they died, some strong guy, imagine the rock, you know, 40 lashes. If, if some puny guy like me is going to die at 40 lashes, the rock's not going to die at 40 lashes. Right. So I don't know exactly why they chose 40 minus one 39. That's, that's the, the common understanding is it's like hit you 40 times. You'll die. That's obviously not going to be true for everybody, but maybe it was true for some people. But anyway, it was a thing. It was a thing that they did. They would give you the 40 minus one, the 39 lashes. And he's like, I got, I, that happened to me, um, five times. Can you imagine getting whipped 39 times, five different times? He's been flogged. And, and again, that's not always clear sometimes. And flogging means that like people are beating you with their fists and their hands and clubs. Sometimes it meant that the Romans are taking the cat of nine tails. And to my understanding, the Jews did not use the cat of nine tails. They did not do that. This was a Roman thing. It would have been like too extreme for the Jews. The Jews would use uh, a whip at times and, and, and a whip. I don't think we should uh, understand a whip as, you know, like the bull whip that people in America and the West use, you know, the Indiana Jones thing that, that cracks real loud, you know, faster than the speed of sound. Um, a whip would have been more like a, you know, shorter, uh, but it wouldn't have had bits of, of pottery and stone and glass in them. But that's what a cat of nine tails is. It'd be a whip with nine cords and, uh, and on the end of each one would be tied something to rip the flesh off of you, literally like a, a broken piece of pottery or a piece of glass or metal shard, something sharp. And the Romans would whip these people and it would hit your back. And when you'd crack it back, big chunks of flesh would get ripped out. I mean, it'd essentially be by like getting hit by imagine nine pieces of jagged pottery or glass hitting you in different places on your back and then ripped out simultaneously doing that over and over again. Uh, this was a heinous torture, heinous torture. We know that Jesus went through this before he was crucified. And sometimes that's what flogging means. Other times we don't know. So he's not being specific. He doesn't say specifically that he was hit with the cat of nine tails. Maybe Paul wasn't. Maybe he, he was. We don't know. But he definitely got the lashes. He got flogged. He got beaten. You know, he's saying, I, I like in the NIV, it says I was pelted with stones. Like he's saying, once I was pelted with stones, he got stoned to death, essentially. The people in uh, Lycia, wherever it was in the book of Acts, you know, he's, they're, they're going around and initially they think that he's God. They, they think he's a Greek God, he and Barnabas. 
And they start worshiping them. And they're like, no, 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 we're not Greek gods. We're not gods. We're just men like you. And the Jews from the other city came. And like, there's such a, a crazy atmosphere. They convinced them, no, they're not gods. You should kill them. And so then they stone Paul. They actually stone him. And they think they've stoned him to death. Now, I've theorized in that place in Acts, I think it's possible that Paul might have actually died. Because these people back then, they weren't stupid. They knew what a dead person looked like. They knew what a person not breathing looked like. They knew what a person faking not breathing looked like. Maybe Paul was really good at faking breathing. But I think that there's a good chance that he was actually dead and that the Lord resurrected him. Maybe he wasn't dead. Maybe they, he really knew how to play dead and uh, because he had seen people stoned before. And so maybe he really was playing dead. And then he gets back up. Now he gets back up and and goes on, but the pelted with stones, that's a light way of saying I was stoned essentially to death. Three times he's been shipwrecked and already he's not even talking about the the time that we have an axe. Like this is not recorded anywhere. We know about the shipwreck in Acts where he's on his way to Rome. But he's saying three times I've been shipwrecked, right? So at least four times in the course of this man's life, he was shipwrecked. He spent a day and the night in the open sea, right? All of this stuff, this is crazy. And this is what he's starting to boast about. I mean, you know, he's had to never stay in the same place. He's been in danger from everywhere he's gone. This is the kind of stuff. So he's transitioning here, right? He's going from talking about how awesome he is. I'm a Jew. I'm a Hebrew. I've served the Lord. But now he's starting to turn this on his head. And he's talking about all the trouble that he's faced. Right? There is a, a sense of, listen, I've worked hard for you and kind of had this martyr complex, like I've suffered all of this for you. And I suppose, you know, one of these fake gurus, these false apostles, these super apostles, quote unquote, may have gone down this road, but I think Paul is starting to turn this in a different direction. We'll see that he's actually for sure going to turn this in a different direction. I have a harder time believing that as he's going on with this rant more and more, he's, he's veering away from the kinds of things that these quote unquote super apostles would have been bragging about. And we're seeing him turn this sarcasm into where he's actually going with this. And he's going to give them the marks of what a true apostle actually looks like. And it's not like what these guys are claiming. Verse 27. Uh, let's go back to 26. And I've been a danger in the sea, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. Verse 27. I've labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Right. So what Paul is saying there at the end is he suffered all of these things. But he's like, on top of that, he's like, I, I really bear burden for these places that I've led to Jesus for these, these churches that are weak. And he's already talking about how like the Macedonians, they're poor and they're weak compared to them. He's like, these churches are weak. I feel it. He's like, those that I, and he's, and he's thinking about this, right? He's thinking, I know that there's going to be people who have come to know Jesus, that Satan is going to tempt and lead them away into sin. And he's like, 
oh, that burn on the inside for them. Now, this isn't like he's being co-tempted. He's saying, it hurts me on the inside. I feel the pain knowing that that's going to happen and it's most definitely happening. Like Paul's a guy, he's like, he, he understands the statistics. He understands the odds. And it's like the number of people that have been led to the Lord. He knows how many people are going to be led back into sin and, and stray away and then come back and, and do all of that thing that humans do. He's like, it hurts me. It's like, I burn for this. So now he's, he started out bragging about how awesome he is. And now he's like talking about how I've suffered. I've done all of these things. And on top of that, I hurt. I hurt for the churches that I have planted, that I have the places where the people I've led to the Lord, I hurt for them. I intercede for them. It causes him pain. So you see where this is starting to go. This, this distinction between the false apostles, as we're going to see very clearly what Paul's already called them that, he's going to double down on that again. The difference between that false apostleship and what he's going to talk about, what he's going to do. We'll finish this chapter tomorrow. He's going to get start to become very clear with this. But for the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.